Hey, Brian, we've got a new sponsor, a new partner called Betterment. Betterment is a financial planning company, gives you financial advice. Their mission is to help people manage and grow their wealth, higher expected returns at lower costs. Betterment provides investing advice through smart technology with real people to help with account support. They are the better way to invest for your financial future. Personalized financial advice, great experience, and award-winning customer expectations. Betterment cares about its clients and is shown through how transparent the investing process is. Investing involves risk for a limited time. You can sign up for Betterment. You may qualify for a free Canary Home Security System to help secure your home, too. For terms and conditions, visit Betterment.com advanced. Betterment, investing made better. In this episode of the Advanced Selling Podcast, Bill shares some gaffes from the weekend. I'll share why I'm wearing sunscreen in the studio, and we'll tackle the decision-making process and some things you've probably never thought of. Welcome back to the Advanced Selling Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Bill Kasky. I'm Brian Neal. And we are happy that you're here. Every week, we bring you another episode, a thrilling, exciting and wisdom-filled episode of the Advanced Selling Podcast. If you want to hear more about what we do and how we do it, you can go to advancedsellingpodcast.com. Make sure while you're there, you download the ultimate pregame, which gets you ready for every call. What is uh, riveting? I heard that. Uh, riveting is a word. What does that actually mean? I was just thinking that, that you were running through the uh, descriptors my, of our podcast. Like, yeah, riveting. Does it mean, what is it, does it to rivet? Like, I know what a rivet is. That's something you put together like on an airplane, mm-hmm. right? They put rivets mm-hmm. in a thing. But if it's riveting, what exactly it's does that interesting. mean? It's interesting. It's compelling. But, but what's how the does it, rivet? Yeah, how does it, so is it uh, rivet? relate rivet? to the rivet? To is the it, is it a verb, uh, descriptor? Interesting. Never uh, thought of that, did we? Well, nope, actually, no, we I'll bet <laughs> if you hear somebody speak today... And you say, you know what? That's riveting. I bet they're not going to say, "What's that mean?" <laughs> no, they're because not. <laughs> but we don't think like the next step down. <laughs> like, what's the root word of that thing? Well, here's some uh, here's some things that I've realized over the last three days that there were some gaffes in my life. Okay. And, and fortunately, I wasn't the one that made the gaffe. But I think you'll enjoy these because there I'm are sure. four things here that I've heard people say. Okay. That when they say them. You think, oh, did you think through this? Is this just stream of consciousness? How's this? So really here's one, and this came from my wife who was on a conference call Uh-oh. Who, where one of the technical people was explaining how the, a program works to one of the non-technical people. Yeah. And the technical person, before he starts to tell the person what it is, he says, look, l- let me dumb this down for you. <laughs> he said that to He said Jane. that to... No, no, to one of Jane's colleagues who socioeconomically in the company at a higher level. So let me dumb this down for you, which is a cousin to here. Let let me, let me make this simple. (laughs) Let me make this simple. Don't ever say, let me dumb this down for you. You can say, let me dumb this down for me. For me. You can do that all day. You can say for you, for me. Yeah. 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 Let me, I need to dumb this down. So (laughs) I'm a little slow here. Here, Here's another one that I think you should never use. And this came up in our political, uh, discourse is the idea of comparing anyone or anything to Hitler. Oh, jeez. I think that Let's we should just let be, that be one go. Rid of be the, done with that guy. Of the Hitler analogies. Yeah, and, that's well, not, you know, you're no better than okay. Hitler. Hitler, what are you talking oh, about? Gosh. Okay. Um, I was in a, a men's group, and about a month or two ago, one of the guys left, and a couple of us said, well, you know, tell us a little bit about why you're leaving. And his answer was kind of surprising. 
his answer was, well, I need a group that levers me up better. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> good. Now that everyone feels good about themselves, we can carry on without you. That's a good one. I need a, I need a, yeah, a group that levers me up. Now, I appreciate kind of the, the, the honesty. I love the there. honesty. Like, that's okay. Yeah. There's just a yeah. better way to say it. Is yeah. What you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, here's one that I've heard, and it always drives me kind of nuts. And then I heard a national radio host. Yeah, I'm not going to say who it is. You would know it. Let me see if we can't do this. Let me see if we can't do this. Versus, let me see if, if we, we can. can do this. Do, uh, let me see if I can. Let me see if I can't get this on the back of the sheet. And the premise there is, well, I know we can't. We can't. It's easy. Right? It's <laughs> we know easy not to do something. That's an interesting one. But if people you say that, that before, don't they? Yeah, yeah, of course. Let me see if we can't do that. Well, let's see okay. if we can't get this fixed for you. Let's yeah. see if we can't get this. What does that mean? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense, does it? Let's we, see if we, we can get this fixed. We just stand there and watch it. Let, well, yeah, see, it's, funny. it's working. I told you, you can't. I told well, you I can't. I've been trying for an hour and a half, and I can't. That's the whole point. <laughs> trying to thread a needle. Okay. That's anyway, funny. so those are some gaps. That's a book. Bill's gaffs. Bill's yeah. gaffs. And I've got plenty that I've said, too, that uh, mm. I, I try to reel back. But, well, Brian, you know as well as I do that stamps save you time and money, which you can use to grow your business. At the Advanced Selling Podcast, we can mail any letter, any package, just using our computer and printer, and the mailman picks it up. You can avoid the hassle of the post office and mail everything from postcards to envelopes to packages, domestic or international. Click, print, mail, and you're done. Stamps.com brings all the services of the U.S. Postal Service right to your fingertips. You can buy and print official postage for any letter, any package, any class of mail using your own computer. It makes it easy. They'll send you a digital scale. It automatically calculates exact postage. Stamps.com will even help you decide the best class of mail based on your need. So no need to lease an expensive postage meter. We use Stamps.com here because we ship a lot of packages, both domestic and international. And right now, you too can enjoy the Stamps service with a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus postage and a digital scale without long-term commitment. Go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Advanced Selling. That's Stamps.com. Enter Advanced Selling. Stamps.com. Never, ever go to the post office again. Hey, topic today is this idea of decision-making. You know, we hear a lot about it when we are coaching and and training our teams and, and clients, and where usually it comes up is, how do I get the prospect to make a decision? Yep, yep, yep. And there's some kind of, uh, maybe the prospect is not making the decision, maybe they're about ready to make a decision that doesn't favor our client. Lots of these discussions about decision. And I thought, you know, I don't know, I'm sure we have at some point discussed the whole concept of how does one make a decision? And I think if we pay attention to the human dynamic and the human nature part of decision making, it allows us to be better in front of people, communicate better, and maybe say the things that help them rather than just say the things that we want to have happen. Yeah, in our experience, and we were talking about this a little bit in the pre-show, we, or we weren't, I was thinking it maybe. Let's see if we can't talk about that <laughs> next time. Let's see if we can't squeeze this one in. Um, that we don't spend too much time on this topic. We spend this time on trying to influence the decision-making process. We don't spend any time analyzing what goes into it, what influences it. So we've each come up with a series of uh, criteria, right, or uh, elements of a decision-making process that if you take these and layer them over within your sales process, I think you'll have a much greater awareness of what's going on that will then allow you to do a better job at managing yourself on the other side of it, right? But usually we just tend to 
say, well, I think, you know, send them an email and do this. You're not stepping exactly. back. On. So what's exactly. going on with them from exactly. a psyche standpoint, right? Exactly. We, we race to the tactics. We race to the tactics yeah. always. Yeah. So this is a step back exercise. So if you're in a sales scenario right now that maybe is stalled stuck yeah. or multiple decision points and not smooth as, it, as you need it to be. Uh, dragging out, it could still have momentum dragging out. This would be the applicable tool to do here to step back with these criteria and say, "What's going on here, really?" Yeah, yeah. There's Barry, Barry. Right again. That's the third callback. <laughs> we got to get a new joke. Out. Need a new joke? We need a little, um, just a little clip do, of that music whenever on, on I the, do that. In a little soundboard thing on your iPad. We need to put a little Barry White. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. The first okay. one I had yeah. is the um, the fact or the or the circumstance that everybody makes a decision that is in congruence with their own self-interest. Okay. M- most of the time when someone makes a decision, they don't make it for your self-interest as a sales professional. They'll say, you know what, I don't really want to buy this, not going to help me, but you're such a nice guy, I'm going to buy it. Maybe mm-hmm. sometimes, but rarely. Usually it has something to do with their self-interest. So if you have not found what their self-interest is interested in or what is part of their self-interest, then your decision-making process in the, in the sales call may languish yes. and it may go into la-la land. So yep. are you really getting to what is in their self-interest? And maybe we can talk a little bit about how do you find that, but that's my number one. That's really good. And most people look at the they look at the business side of that. They don't look at the personal side of that, yeah. right? What's in the person's human being's best interest? Um, here's a very simple one that I think is critical that we, we miss too often, and that is just time horizon. So what I mean by time horizon is the influence here is that how many times have you been in a, in a scenario where someone seemed all hot and bothered by some issue they've got, and you talk, talk, and stuff happens, and it goes away? Like, what happened? I just had one of those where I had a conversation with a prospective client, and it's a, um, another division of a current client. So mm-hmm. I, I was okay yep. with that. Yep. Yeah, friend of the firm, so to speak. And he's like, yeah, he's setting, throwing dates out and stuff. And now, now, we're, now I'm like, what? And then it just went, went away for like a month. I'm like, what's going on? Got back with him, and he's like, oh, you know, I had some budget things come up, so we're looking to put this in the 2018 budget. So it went from I was ready to book a plane ticket book for next dates, month to yeah. now we're moving into 2018. Yeah. And as and I did a poor job being assumptive because it's an existing client. I sort of thought, well, this is just, we're just done mechanical, deal. right? Done deal. And if I would have stepped back and go, now, hang on a second. This, this time horizon's real quick. Like, we're talking me coming out there in three weeks, and it's a lot of money. So I, I would have done a, had a better outcome. I would have known yeah. better where that was. Yeah. <clears throat> Time horizon. So I like that though. That whole uh, don't be assumptive and don't yeah. just assume that if someone's putting those buying signals out, which in in our world it's yeah. setting dates. That's a pretty severe buying signal. It pretty is. good buying signal. Yes. That just because they do that doesn't mean anything. No. Uh, that's a good one too. I've got here worldview. Oh boy, this is wow. A, hello, getting heavy. Worldview. Yeah. Um, and worldview to me is we all have a view of the world, and the way I would describe this is if. Um, if you're a Toyota buyer and you go into the Toyota dealership to buy a, a new car or a used car, and there's a Mercedes dealer right next to that Toyota dealer, and you kind of slip across that line when nobody's yeah. looking, you yeah. go into the yeah. showroom and you say, "Man, that is a beautiful the S series or whatever," Vince. and the uh, salesperson says, "Hey, you know, you can I could put you in that car. It's about 100, 150 Vince. grand," and you say. 150 grand, and you say, I would never spend that money on a car. Uh, and yet, the fact is uh, that people do spend that money. They do. And, and my point is that if that Mercedes Benz buyer who's about ready to slice a check for 150 goes into the Toyota dealership, sits in a Toyota, he may have this, he or she may have the same reaction. God, 
why would anybody buy Never. this thing? Interesting. So it just comes from two different worldviews. And I think where this applies to decision-making is do we really understand the customer's worldview? And if we're trying to get them in a, in a you know, polite way or gentle way to come over to our way of thinking, they won't do it if, if we're just trying to push for the sale. Yeah. I think this is one of the reasons the closing percentages are so low because we've really never looked at, well, how does that customer look at the world yeah. in a way that, because if they looked at the world the way great customers look at the world, my solution's perfect. But if they don't, now my, but I keep pressing on my solution and that's not the real issue. That's so good to know. I said two personal instances where that's come up where people, how their worldview has caused them to buy or sell something a certain way that influences that, right? The, the one, one person who's kind of trying to do like an, a friend-to-friend deal kind of goes, because this is the way the person is, like kind of goes into sales mode and tries to, you know, discount everything. And I'm like, this guy's like a negotiator. And I'm like, I thought we were friends, man. So yeah. we're one of those deals. <laughs> Missed the worldview part of that. Because yeah, his worldview is you negotiate everything. That's, right? Absolutely. That's his worldview. Really and the, good. And the fact is, I think we can safely make this this, this uh, assumption, is that yours and mine are different. They totally. may be, they may yeah. be similar, but yeah. in, the, in the one way area that we're trying to negotiate something, maybe yes. they're dramatically yes. different. And they're oftentimes different in different category types. Right? Absolutely. So, so yeah. I could be a, a premium buyer of a car, but yes. still I want to shop around for a lamp. A- exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which I know you do, Bill. I know I you do. spend I'm... a lot of time bargain shopping <laughs> for lamps per the studio. <laughs> no one can see this. But you we like have the new lamps? We, that's what I was going to bring up. <laughs> Bill and his thrifty uh, lamp uh, <laughs> view of the world has bought a $5 Lowe's uh, heat lamp that he's put no, over the that? desk here. I've got, I've, I've got Brian, SPF 50 Brian, on. Brian. <laughs> it's called a clamp lamp <laughs> and it clamps on anything and it's a it's oh. kind of pointing toward you i know i'm gonna go today, see my dermatologist <laughs> today check my moles you won't need to they're all fine <laughs> they're all burned off that's all really right funny. okay so th- i'm gonna combine one here this is kind of a dial thing um data versus gut feel data versus gut feel i think good and bad and it's moving to bad it used to be good we've gotten so into database selling that we have ignored gut feel. And so now what salespeople do, and, they're, and they're, their companies are kind of their own worst enemy here, is they load the salespeople up with all this data. Here's the ROI, here's the return, here's the con, totally da, 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 data, 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 100%. here's the proof, blah, 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 100%. 100%. 100%. And people yep. don't buy just on data. Yep. They take all the data in and they go, I want that How one. I feel about yeah. this. I don't, I'm not sure about that. Sometimes they have a gut feel about the data. That's right. Right? Yeah. I'm not sure I trust the data that I just saw, right? So you have to play to both sides of that equation. And too often your companies, and I know most of your companies that listen to this are those kind of companies loading you up with data. you got to play to the gut feel yeah. side too. Now, the data can also make me feel comfortable. Yes. Uh, so yes. I can look at yes. data and say, you know, I really like this guy. I like the it, my instincts were right. Then I get the data that's the backup, and I say, oh my gosh, we, we just got to get. D-. But if you're using that alone yes. as the primary source of, of compelling, what's going to really compel somebody to work? It's not. Um, here's one that I think factors into decision making, and that is you. You mm-hmm. as the sales pro, and are you guiding that person? through the process yeah, appropriately good. and correctly and mechanically right. If you're not, then you can expect them 
to either not buy or not buy as soon as you want. So what, as you are the guide, we've always talked about this idea that you're the guide. And I, I have this term that I'm coming up with called guidership. It's, it's leadership, but it's, it's about you guiding the prospect through the process. And when you're guiding them, you're not pushing them or pulling them or coercing them. You're really understanding human nature and you're taking it nice and slow, mm. but every step of the way is kind of mapped out and they're making constant progress. Because that's what happens a lot when we, when we lose sight of prospects and they were there and they were gone like you described earlier. I don't know, and maybe it was you and maybe it wasn't. Maybe there could have been a, a different uh, guide path, yeah, that a different flight path, if you will. Along the way, that that helps them get there quicker. I like. And let's just not forget. You have a, a huge role. You listeners have a huge role in your prospects' decision process. So are you coming up with that, or you, you already came up with it? It sounds like guidership. The guidership. Like I've it's used really it good. a few times. Throwing like it out. It. Yeah. yeah. Be careful with that. Make sure. <laughs> Make sure no one else has used it. <laughs> That's a little inside joke for our listeners. We'll leave that one alone. Uh, okay. Here's. Um, I got two more, but we're, we're kind of running tight on time here. Um, yeah, the tape's about ready to run out here. <laughs> yeah, the, so, uh, the SD card is about ready to blow up. Um, creativity. Creativity is another buying criteria. Now you're laughing. Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> Do you remember remember the reel to reel cassette? Of course. Or the cassette oh, yeah, tape days. Yes. Yeah. Remember how they used to they used to unwind and they used to get caught down in the mechanism. Oh, totally. Get a peel back out. You take a pencil and spin it back up. Those are the days, weren't they? And you're just and hoping, it, hoping it didn't stretch or bend in a bad part, right? Totally. How do I untwist it? You have to peel it all the way back up with a pencil and that's spin right. it around twice, get it all back yeah, in, crank we should it do up. A video on that. We should really time. do a video. Okay, sorry about so, that. So that's okay. Creativity. I think people make decisions based on the level of creativity that other people show them. And by creativity here, I don't mean that you come dressed up in a peacock suit, you know, or anything silly or stupid like that. It doesn't have to be that kind of creativity. But did you see an angle that the buyer didn't see, right? Too often the buyers say, here's what we want. We want this. We want a machine. It does that, that, that. So the seller goes, okay, boom. Too often sellers don't come back and say, you know, I know you said you wanted this, 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 but there's another thing I think that might be missing here. That's a different approach. And let me throw it out to you and see what you think. Yeah. I think buyers make decisions based on the level of creativity. And I think they're more drawn to creative approaches than less. I like that. So, as long as you do it the way you get it there way, in a tactful way. Yes, yeah. absolutely. That's good. Uh, my last one here was I think at some level a person asks themselves, and, and, and maybe this is uh, – maybe we need a psychotherapist on for this one, <laughs> um, is, is this going to improve or decrease my status? Oh, what, what role does the customer's status play oh. when they buy something? And if it costs too much money and they don't see the end result being a, a bo boost to their status, then they may say, this is going to decrease my status because I'm going to spend a hundred grand on this thing and get nothing yeah. for it. Yeah. But if they see that if I spend the hundred grand, I'm going to generate 500, I'm going to be seen in my industry as some kind of a thought leader. Really and good. If, if the status, what's the status connection with your product? And, and don't say there's none, because I think even <laughs> even inside the company, there might be so status. True. Might so be true. Status. Everyone's worried about that, aren't they? They say they're not, but they are. They want to see, is this going to elevate me or, or detract yeah. me, right? Yeah. Push me up or push yeah. me back. Really, really good. In fact, the more people fight the fact that they, or fight their opinion that they're not affected by it, probably the more they are affected yeah. by it. it. I even contend some people that hire us, some CEOs hire us because their CEO buddies have a consultant that they work mm -hmm. with. So I'm a CEO. Mm -hmm. I better have my consultant. Mm -hmm. My consultant could be a peer consultant. I really do. I believe they do that I, I as agree. a status thing. 
Yeah. Interesting. All right, so make sure that you uh, send us a note if you like this episode and want to hear a little bit more about Decision or hate this episode and want to never hear it again. We'd love to hear your comments. You can send us a voice memo at listener at advancedsellingpodcast.com, and we will play your question or comment. And go to advancedsellingpodcast.com. Plenty of products there. Make sure you download the ultimate pregame, too. And wear sunscreen like I do in the studio. We'll take a shot. I think we'll take a shot of this, and we'll put it online. Of the clamp lamp? Well, we'll take a shot of you underneath it because you do well, have is a it, tan. Is well, that just, from this? Well, is, is, it, it, well, is, is that a, a 3,000-watt bulb or 4,000? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, see you see next you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> That's funny.